I'm Tommy Salmons. This is year zero. We're getting closer and closer to the anniversary of JFK's assassination, the coup that took place in 1963. And uh, I guess I would make it 50. Six years? 56 years. Still to this day, not every document has been released. The CIA and the FBI have worked handily to prevent presidents from releasing these documents. They've convinced every president, including the current president, Donald Trump, from releasing these documents that could possibly point the finger at someone or alive or not alive, but somebody of recent memory that had knowledge, in-depth knowledge. One of the cover stories they used for not releasing these documents and not releasing all the information, lying through, not to, but through the Warren Commission was the fact that it would lead to another world war, this information being released, that the American people would demand there were repercussions for those involved, and it would lead to a world war. This hinted at participation by Cuba or by Russia. At that time, the Soviet Union was intact, so it would have been a Soviet-backed coup that they, or I guess coup would be the right word, that they were insinuating. Neither of these narratives really made any sense. There were lots of Indicators that these narratives were, in fact, lies. And that they were leading people to believe this on their own volition without coming out and saying it. They were trying to make it appear as if that were, that were the case. Excuse me. One of the one of the main indicators that this was incorrect, that this this was actually a complete falsehood, was Kennedy's conversations with Khrushchev at the time. That Kennedy and Khrushchev had 
began to work together. They had began to talk outside of the regular channels of the national security state because the messages were getting so convoluted as they were flowing back and forth. Another sign of this was that the pro-Castro movement in the United States was non-existent. It, all the finances traced back to the CIA, to the FBI. They were never, there was never a pro-Castro movement of any sort. What there was in the Cuban community was an anti-Castro movement, a huge anti-Castro movement. And this movement was also backed by the CIA. This is the movement that instituted the Bay of Pigs invasion. This was the movement that David Ferry was involved in. He was involved in training the anti-Castro Cubans in Louisiana, north of Lake Lake Lake, Lake Pontchartrain, and the FBI directly took orders from. Bobby Kennedy to shut down this training facility after Bay of Pigs had failed. It was well documented that that Kennedy and the CIA were clashing. And there were elements of the FBI, and the NSA, DIA, Naval Intelligence that were working hand in hand with the CIA to backdoor Kennedy and his proposals for foreign policy and the best way to move forward and create peaceful solutions to the foreign nations that were likely to cause conflict with the United States. None were, no tensions were higher than those tensions with the Soviet Union at the time. And today we are seeing a very similar battle between Trump and the national security state, the deep state, the permanent bureaucracy of Washington, the CIA, the FBI. Durham's putting forward a criminal investigation on the members that pursued the FISA warrants and that were 
uh, monitoring that were stealthfully monitoring the Trump campaign. And rather than assassinate Trump in broad daylight, the way that Kennedy was assassinated in broad daylight, the national security state is attempting to backdoor Trump through propaganda that leads to impeachment. This started day one of Trump being elected into office. But what what threat does Trump really pose to the national security state? He wants the two most nuclear-armed countries in the world that could completely destroy humanity, can completely destroy the world, to get along. So he was unwilling to leverage Ukraine to justify an economic war on Russia. What some people are calling the second Cold War. And he was unwilling to see those nuclear tensions rise to that extent. And he's tried, he's attempted, it appears, to soften those tensions through diplomatic channels. And because the regular channels were not cooperative, were not operating in foreign policy the way that he personally thought that they should be operating. He brought in these, this, as Ambassador Taylor put it, irregular channel. And this irregular channel was made up of people that would act on his behalf the way that he wanted them to act. They would uncover the attempt to leverage Ukraine, use Ukraine as a proxy for American foreign policy in order to further cripple Russia economically. He was, he's also not backed off of the overthrowing of Assad due to Assad's relationship with Putin and Syria not allowing Qatar to run a natural gas pipeline through the middle of their country to funnel natural gas to Western Europe, which in turn would destroy Russia's natural gas 
trade with Western Europe. Because right now, Western Europe is getting a majority, they are purchasing a majority of their natural gas, they're importing their natural gas from Russia. And this has assisted Russia in their rise in superpower status to the point of where they are today. And if Qatar, the Saudi Arabian proxy of Qatar, is able to fund and funnel Saudi natural gas through Syria into Western Europe, then it would cut off the importation of Russian natural gas. And so what we're seeing today is very similar to what we saw in 1963. When Kennedy came out and said he wanted to smash the intelligence agency, the CIA, into a million pieces. And he fired Alan Dulles, who was later appointed as the head of the Warren Commission to investigate the murder of Kennedy. And every CIA operative, analyst, agent, officer that was to be questioned by the Warren Commission had to be approved and contacted via Alan Dulles. He was the link between the Warren Commission, and the CIA. And his specific role appeared to be installing roadblocks in the communication process of the Warren Commission and the CIA so that those that were honest within the Warren Commission did not stumble upon the facts of the matter and the involvement of the CIA with the anti-Castro Cubans, with the pro-Castro Cubans, with the assassination of John F. Kennedy, with the rerouting of Kennedy's route that the morning of November 22nd, with the issuance of secret service badges because all of that was was printed and developed under the tutelage of the CIA and not a separate department it was Alan Dulles's role to keep these the Warren commission from looking too closely at CIA connections to Lee Harvey Oswald to Jack Ruby, to David Ferry, to Clay Shaw. It was Alan Dulles's role to keep this the CIA out of the narrative. And for the purposes of the Warren Commission, he did a wonderful job. But fortunately, there were people that took on the role of exposing these links.
You had Jim Garrison, the district attorney of New Orleans at the time, who eventually opened up an, a criminal investigation. You had Mark Lane, an attorney <clears throat> that had worked on the Kennedy campaign. And another name that is prominent in the community of those that look into the Kennedy assassination is Jacob Hornberger. Now, Jacob Hornberger has announced his candidacy for the Libertarian Party. And what Jacob Hornberger brings to the table is that Jacob Hornberger sees through the facade of the national security state. He recognizes that the hegemonic American uh, view of the national security state is what is controlling the impeachment of Donald Trump. He, unlike Donald Trump, understands that the war in Yemen, the war in Syria, the war in Somalia, Libya, Sudan, the coup that just took place in Bolivia, and the Ukraine narrative are all linked together through the idea of American hegemony, full-spectrum dominance. He brings the, the Mises interpretation of the calculation problem that as you hand off, that there's no such thing as electing in the right guy to have power. That that's not, you're not, it's, it, you're incapable of giving power to the right person. That there is no such thing as giving because there the interest of those in power is never to relinquish that power. And that those that accept power and utilize power for any given ends are always going to abuse that power. So as Jacob Hornberger announces his candidacy for the Libertarian Party, as Jacob Hornberger is looking to take the, de the debate stage against Donald Trump, and Hillary Clinton or Elizabeth Warren or whatever fucking crazy commie fucking authoritarian the Democrats put up there. He's looking to never have that power because he views that power as illegitimate. He is a radical libertarian. He acknowledges, as Thomas Paine would acknowledge, 
that the government is at best a necessary evil and at worst an intolerable one. He recognizes that government and state are not the same thing. And that as, as Nock put it, the state is the, the power that confiscates liberty and entrains the individuals to believe that their rights are flow down from the top from the top of the hierarchy that is government he recognizes that the government is but a tool to be used by the people and not rule over the people and he recognizes that people left to their own devices whether they have the choice to do heroin, sell heroin, do marijuana, or sell marijuana, to compete in the, in the market against your corporations like Hilton or Yellow Cab or Amazon, and they are left to do so unhindered by government regulation not to be set aside in an unfair manner as to where competition is only for the haves and not for the have-nots that competition is allowed within the market from every person everywhere that is willing to throw their hat in the ring and that those with the best ideas and the best systems will succeed. Those that care for their customers best will be the ones that last. That it was never a good idea to use eminent domain to force down the throats of farmers and private landowners the Dakota pipeline that it was best organized through the market forcing these energy companies to contractually enter into an agreement with these farmers and private landowners in order to allow these farmers and landowners to police their own property, to police the, the amount of waste that was left on their property, to police how much of their property was being torn up and being utilized. That it is not the government's place to come in here and do these things and to force highways to be built or um, electric ra uh, rail lines that travel at the speed of light and get you from Dallas to Houston in two and a half hours. That it is not a function of a truly liberty-oriented government 
to act as a mercantilist landlord, a merchant class that owns and rules over the consumer and he understands this point of view. He understands that cronyism, the Federal Reserve, the, the boom and bust cycle, the militarism, and the national security state are all allowed to exist due to the haves ruling over the have-nots, that the problem with the socialist projects of the past is the deep centralized power and the central engineering of the society around what the haves want. It is the authoritarian, the tyrannical, the totalitarian, whatever word you would like to use in this case, use of power, of centralized power, to force free individuals, a free people, into a society that benefits the few at the expense of the many. As James Madison once put it, we have to protect the minority of the opulent against the majority. He understands that the existence of the United States came on the back of chartered corporations from England and that these corporations were set up to be the state in the new world and that this merchant system of top-down rule continues today that the Constitution was an oath to continue the top-down rule and to grow a large centralized government. He understands these things. And he is running to be a president that is able to dismember these things because he has the knowledge and the forethought as to see how these bureaucracies actually run and to restore the most amount of liberty to each individual person in within the borders of the United States to take the power from the federal government, restore it to the state and local levels in order for your voice to have more meaning than it ever has before. And though the deep state, as it ought to be called, is attacking Donald Trump and is is constantly pursuing Donald Trump. It's for the purpose of not further expanding their role around the world. 
It is not for the purpose of stopping what they have been doing around the world. And so as Jacob Hornberger begins to run his campaign, primary in North Carolina, and and move forward in his pursuit of being the representative of liberty on stage against the two-party authoritarians, it is up to us as liberty-minded people to recognize that even though we may not agree with Jacob Hornberger on every aspect of his, of his candidacy, which that doesn't go for me. I, I'm a constant reader of the Future of Freedom Foundation, and I have yet to find one thing I've ever disagreed with Mr. Hornberger on. But the case must be that we recognize that by him decentralizing the state and restoring the rightful government of our voices, he will be doing so so that we can create a system locally that best suits our needs. That gives us the power, takes the power out of, away from Wall Street, away from the bankers, away from the corporations, gives that power back to the people. And that anybody like Bernie Sanders or Donald Trump, who thinks that further centralizing of power, that further power grabbing from the D.C. establishment or in that that swamp, as it's become to be known, known as D.C., further empowering that central government, that central authority that has become to be known as the state, that that only works against the furthering of freedom. And that Medicare for all will work fine in Butte, Montana, but on a large scale of over 300 million people that don't all agree on what health insurance should be, on what health care should be, that the best way to ensure their liberties, the, the best way to ensure that the government is not stepping on their freedoms, their abilities to choose for themselves is to reduce the government and to point out the ills of government and to rid the government of such bureaucracies as the, the uh, as uh, education or the FDA and leave these things to the locals that they are able to decide what is best for their life at their local level for themselves without being forced to participate and that if something is of value if a legislative practice is of value 
to an individual, that individual will willfully and joyfully insert and voluntarily offer up funds to help support and fund these programs. This is what Jacob Hornberger understands. This is what makes Jacob Hornberger very much like Ron Paul, that he understands all the same things that Ron Paul understands, that Ron Paul and Jacob Hornberger are very close in mind and in nature and in their beliefs, almost identical. And that if enough of us stand up and speak our minds and, and get excited that this is not Jacob Hornberger for president, that this is liberty for the nation, for the country, that this is control back to those of us who were tired of the war on terror, the war on drugs, the inflation of the money supply, the 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 bickering and the fighting and the quote unquote cold civil war that's been taking place between this false binary that we are supposed to be choosing from that the lesser of two evils has never been a good enough for us and that we see through the lesser of two evils and that our vote is actually for ourselves and for our own independence away from the United States as a centralized, cronyist system that steps on the throat of the little man and prevents the little man from competing with the corporations that have been propped up and buying favors from Washington, D.C. Once we see that if the, if the D.C. establishment has no power, that that takes the money out of politics, that you cannot legislate yourself out of war, that the only way to stay out of war is to minimize the size of government, to rid ourselves of a standing army and only attack those that attack us and to trade openly and freely with other nations, that our liberties are, will never be intact. And as we've watched this Fabian socialist style of politic creep into the United States ideas for the last 200 years, it's time to say, we don't want all that, that that does not represent me, that the policies and the legislations of New York City do not apply to Mauriceville, Texas, that the policies of Houston, Texas do not apply to bum-fucked Elk Mountain, Wyoming, that you can't, there's no such thing as a one-size-fits-all solution and that by further centralizing and creating what 
people want as Medicare for all, all you're doing is creating more and more incivility. You're creating more tensions. You're trying to legislate other people's behaviors and activities when you should be leading by example, not by force. These are the principles that Jacob Hornberger truly understands. And that's why I have joined the Libertarian Party. I plan on putting any support I can behind Jacob Hornberger. And I encourage everybody that listens to this to at least look at Jacob Hornberger and see who he is. Read the articles he writes daily. Read some of his books. Find out what Jacob Hornberger truly believes and jump aboard the train because this could, this, this has the potential of being another Ron Paul revolution into which we can spread the ideas of liberty further into the idea of Americanism and really throw the elites and the establishment off track and not just maintain the status quo of their power as opposed to furthering it. We can actually completely and totally shatter their ideas of dominance and power around the world. I felt like I should be recording something and showing my support for, for Jacob Hornberger. And I really, I've been, what, I've been thinking about it all week, uh, how I wanted to do it. And so this is what you get out of me. While I'm driving down the road, trying to get out of Oklahoma back into Texas, I'm going to give you my views of what I think we should be looking at with the nation. I'm Tommy Salmons. Late.